0: Hello and welcome to Motorsport Weeks, the support series, the show where we talk about what is happening on the racetrack in the top junior single-seater series before any of the drivers make the leap up the ladder to Formula One. Tom Ken is your host with Ed Spencer, Michael Gillespie and Hannah Bethurk. We review the opening round of the Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine at Imola. David Vidalas triumphed from pole position in race one before Gregor Saucy replicated the feats during the second race on sunday good evening ed good evening hannah good evening michael how are we all the first round of the formula regional european championship by alpine is done and dusted um after the first couple of races at imola and it's been quite an interesting first round for the drivers a lot of them who haven't done an awful lot of single-seater racing i mean some will have done at least a year or two but others it's very much their first year in sort of like Formula 3 level if you want to put it or the fourth rung of the Formula 1 Hannah. Um, Hannah or, or Ladder, I should say. The ladder, Formula 1 Ladder, Hannah. I just don't know why I had that sort of rhyme in my head there. But Hannah, um, how have you found the first weekend of Formula Regional for yourself?
1: I think it was a really exciting opening weekend for Formula Regional. A lot of very strong drivers, Gory Saucy, for ART, especially David Vidalis and Paul Aron for Prima. I thought we were very strong out of the box. A couple of drivers I think have got a lot more to prove and we will be hoping to do a lot better going into the next few rounds. But overall, I think it's quite telling of the exciting season we're going to have.
0: Yep. Ed, um, this challenge is sort of relatively new to you, especially. And how you've found sort of competitiveness between the drivers, because I'm so I'm sure there's some drivers which you can most definitely recognise, particularly the likes of Dino Beganovic, who's part of the Ferrari Driver Academy. have got Hadrian David, who was formerly part of Renault's Driver Academy. And there's a few other recognisable names um, in there, um, i.e. David Vidalas. Um, you've got Gregor Saucy who's in there. Um, and Same Maloney. Maloney Maloney's another one who's in there. But how have you found the weekend's action?
2: Um, I found it very close. It was a fairly um, weekend of two hearts, really, because Prima won the first race with uh, Vidalas, and then the second race, Sorcy, uh really turned it on in the second race. It was a very uh, close battle you saw, cars dueling out on a circuit which is not exactly known for its overtaking and they were making up positions all the time it was a good weekend's worth of racing um i feel that I feel that some of those young drivers have probably uh, had a lot more pressure on them than they would have usually because it was on a grand Prix support bill and the fact that the team bosses would would be watching and would be looking at every mistake they made every move they made and be eyeing it up for evaluation for the junior academy so it's been a worthy weekend, and I hope that um, some of these young drivers get just keep progressing, especially Gregory Sorsu, who I was m- most impressed with. Mm-hmm.
0: Michael, Formula Regional is a great learning curve for these drivers, and I think I sort of expected some signs of rustiness from the drivers because it's the first time sort of racing against each other, but they've, I'm sure they've got to grips with um, the cars in which they're racing in. How have you found the weekend's um, action for the first round?
3: Yeah, it was overall pretty good. Uh, It had nothing on the Grand Prix uh, the weekend that it was supporting, but all in all, still good racing, good battles, and uh, some incidents that we'll surely discuss going forward in this podcast. Uh,
0: Yeah, and looking at the first race of the um, the season, we've got David Vidalis who won the very first um, one of this year, and it's Alex Quinn for Arden in second place, and it's Hadrian David for RSGP in third, followed by Paul Aaron the Younger brother of uh, Ralph Aaron, who used to race in Formula Three many years back. Roger Saucy was fifth for ART, followed by William Alitalo. Isaac Hadjar was seventh, had a Dino Buganovic. Gabriel Bortoletto was ninth, and Mary Boyer on his debut for Am- Fan Fault Racing. He was one of those who sort of made the late switch to another team um, to, uh, to join him. Gab- uh, Gabriel Bortoletto, I think, was the other one. But uh, both doing very well in their first races. Gabriel Almeni was outside the point in 11th, followed by Andrea Russo. Patrick Passmore was 13th, um, Oliver Goethe in 14th, followed by Elias Seppinen. Pietro Deleguanti was 16th, followed by Alex uh, Axel Noss. Francesco Pizzi was 18th, ahead of Lu- Lorenzo Fluxa. Dudu Barrichello was 20th, ahead of Nico Gola, Yasin Ferrati, Belen Garcia, and Alex Bardignon. Casa crashed out. Media Pescia stopped in the pits. Tommy Smith also. Uh, crashed out on the of Tosa. Nicola Marinageli spun into the gravel track. Brad Benavides launched over the sausage curves, which broke the rear suspension, and St. Melanie stopped just after turn four. So there, it was quite a quite a hectic first race, guys. Um, we saw a few safety car periods. Um, the first one came out because of Marinageli and Benavides stopping out on circuit. And I think, Ed, with Marinageli making that mistake, no one made contact with him. Um, it seems just, just a basic lock in the rear brakes and um, spinning into the gravel trap at Tamburello.
2: Uh, yeah, very easily done uh, to make that kind of mistake spinning into the gravel trap. We've seen some of the best in Formula One making these same mistakes in the weekend. So it is, it's perfectly normal to make a, a small area like that. It seemed to me that he lost the brakes coming into the corner and just had nowhere saving it because of gravel traps. Uh, buried him deep. Not really a great way to start the season for Imaginelli, considering that he is on home soil as well to add to the misery. Um but he who only just learned from it. I think it's gonna be one he regrets as, you know going from this weekend. But so there's plenty of time to learn.
0: Yeah. Michael, there was quite a number of drivers who sort of, you know, sort of either binned it or ended up in the the wrong end of the field. But You know, I think you have to say, you know, for Benavidez to come away without any damage to his spine, because going over those sausage curbs at Akram and you know, that would have done him quite a bit of damage, not just to the race car, but to the driver as well.
3: Yeah, we've discussed it many times in the past, especially last year. Uh, You may remember, I can't remember who it was and the opening round of F3. I think it was Clement Novelack who went over the curbs and almost flew like, kind of wheelie-esque but uh the lighter of the car the harder they fall seemed to be and he was lucky in all the wins and for sure definitely and uh, like you said some other drivers obviously involved in incidents but I think sympathy in my case would go to Kaz Havercourt who was run about the midfield on the cusp of points but uh got involved in two incidents in both the races and uh but uh Definitely a shout out for him. I think he'll be one to watch in the next round, certainly.
0: And Hannah, it's, it's quite a chaotic, well, I say chaotic, you know, we had like three safety car periods, if not four. But um, car got obviously tipped around by Patrick Pasma, which obviously caused the last safety car. We were robbed of a, a brilliant finish to the race, you know, that we would have obviously seen some wheel to wheel action, but it was what it was. Who impressed you most in race one?
1: I would say. To be honest, in terms of race one, it has had to have impressed me the most, I think, to be able to have managed those safety, rec- um, safety car restarts so well. As we saw in F1, is experience doesn't always mean you can manage them as well, and it takes a level of knowledge in the driver, the best reaction times, and being able to have that level of confidence in your car to be able to get off the line quick. And um, especially considering all that had gone on, it would, would have been quite easy for him, considering the lack of experience about him on the field, to have binned it quite easily, but he was managed to keep a clear, calm head, get through. And also, it was helped by the fact that Alex Quinn didn't have the best safety car restarts himself. However, overall, being able to manage them and pull away and then pull back when the safety car came through. Overall, I have to hand it to him. It was an incredibly promising race for him. And to be honest, can't fault him.
0: Yeah, and uh, most certainly so. And David Vidal has taken pole position in the second qualifying session. Now, just to let you know, in terms of how it works in this series, there's two qualifying sessions, one for each race, but the second qualifying session is what determines the race one grid, and vice versa for the other one. So first qualifying session, race two grid; second qualifying session, race one grid. um Then the second qualifying session took place on the same day as race one. For David Vidalas, was able to convert his pole position into the race win. Alex Quinn making up a place from his grid position, as did Hadrian David Paul Aaron down two from his grid spot. Um, just looking to see who else made up good ground in the race. Belling Garcia from 30th to 23rd. Uh, who else made up good pla- uh, a good number of places at the start? Not really too many other drivers on there. I mean, Dudo Barry Keller will be disappointed with his 20th position in that um, in very first race there. I want to have a look at race two whenever I do find it. Here we go. Gregor Saucy, like David Vidalas, was able to convert. His pole position into the race win ahead of Paul Arong, who was second. Zane Maloney was third, making up for the disappointment in race one, retiring after just the first few corners. Hadrian David was fourth for RSGP, recovering after game, bogged down at the start of that one. William Alitalo was fifth for Arden, ahead of Gabriella Mini, picking up his first points in the series. David Vidalas was seventh this time for Prima, ahead of Mari Boyer who achieves another top 10 finish. Oliver Goethe picking up a couple of points for MP Motorsport in ninth, and Elias Seppinen in 10th for KIC Motorsport. Gabriel Bartoletta was 11th for FA Racing, head of Isaac Hadjar. Lorenzo Fluxa was 13th, head of Brad Venerdides. Axel Noss, Patrick Pasma, Francesco Pizzi, Nicola Marinagli, Dino Beganovic was 19th following a collision with Alex Quinn that saw the Brit retire. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Andrea Rosso was 20th ahead of Tommy Smith. and Garcia was 22nd. Dudu Barrichello was classified in 23rd. He did finish 14th at first, but he was given a 25 second time penalty for being out of position at the first safety car line. And so that dropped into 23rd position. Emilio Pesce was footed, uh, 24th, I Cas Cass Alex Bordignon, he retired after a collision with Nico Gola. Alex Quinn was taken out by Dino Buganovic. Petro Deleguanti stopped out on the same lap due to some mechanical problems. And Yassin Ferrati spun out a Piratella on lap two. So it was an, a race who saw more wheel to wheel action and less of the safety car periods. Hannah, how did you sort of interpret the collision between Alex Quinn and Dino Boganovich? Because that cost them both drivers dear. And Alex Quinn will probably be the one more disappointed than the other.
1: Yeah, I think for Alex Quinn is going to be probably a bit of a race to forget. I feel like ultimately it, it is a difficult one. Is Boganovich did have a locker and intercontact to Povitella? It is a difficult one to decide. I would say Boganovich ultimately does have to take responsibility for it. But sometimes these lockups do happen. And with him being a rookie driver, it is going to be a learning experience. I think that is one of the things that Formula Regional this year will highlight quite heavily, is these drivers are relatively inexperienced. You're going to statistically in likelihood have more incidents on track. Overall, Quinn came at the worst of it, and it's got to suck because ultimately he was doing very well up until that point, going side by side, having those on-track battles that we love to see but it does highlight the risks involved. And sometimes you have to be a bit conscious of the fact that all of the drivers out there are going to be pushing the hardest, wanting to impress, as I said before, with it being on the support stage for F1 at Imola. So ultimately, I say, Viganovic has to take the responsibility for that. It was his lockup that ultimately caused the contact. And even though he was able to return to the pits, his race wasn't the same after that. And Quim was forced to retire. Builds me a learning curve for both of them, and hopefully, they'll learn a lesson from it and try to move forward.
0: Yeah. Michael, your interpretation of the incident between um, Quinn and Beganovic cost both drivers um, championship points um, potentially. Um, Beganovic wasn't given a penalty for that collision. Now, I can imagine that if you do cause a collision in like the second race of the weekend, you would be bound to be getting a grid penalty for the very next race at the next round, wherever that would be. But yeah, not what you want to see. But who would you say was responsible for the incident, though? Because Beganovic did lock up into Piratella. But, you know, Alex Quinn was the one who was worse off because he beached it in the gravel trap.
3: Yeah, it looked like both of their both of them were really going for the same piece of tarmac. The inside of uh, uh the uh, left-hander, the apex. And uh, I think it was an ambitious move by Beganovic. He locked up and... Quinn was taking his line, and or was it the or was it the chicane? And you know, no, it was definitely the left hander, and uh, it was unfortunate. unfortunate. I've seen, you've seen that many times in all forms of racing, really, where they are both going for the same. There's not enough room for that piece of tarmac for two cars. But uh, I'd I'd have to say. Dion Boganovich might have some responsibility. Quinn was just uh, doing his ordinary line. He was on the outside, so you are more vulnerable on the outside. But uh, still, um, there's still I think there's still some responsibility that has to go to Boganovich. and uh, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll look at that incident and think, "What did I just do?" But uh, I'm Ed. sure. I'm sure there, there could be some repercussions going into like a former of grid penalty, but it, we're we're not the stewards. We don't we don't call these sorts of sort of uh, sort of decisions. That's down to the FIA stewards that we have at the circuits. Yeah.
0: Ed, your say on the incident because Quinn was able to pull off a brilliant move around the outside into Tosa. You know, and both drivers were side by side all the way up the hill towards Piritella. And it just ended in tears, which is a massive shame because that was an, a, one hell of a battle between those two.
2: Yeah, the, it was a brilliant battle between them both. And it looked like they were basically arguing over one, one piece of tarmac and Biganovic panicked and locked up and went straight into Quinn. It's Biganovich's fault thought, straight away. I'm sorry, you cannot see it in a different way. The tap, the corner was clearly Quinn's. He'd got the move pretty much done. And Biganovic just... Failed to see him. They're just locked up and it wrecked both their races. That's probably why Beganovic did not get a penalty because of the fact that he had to stop on get a front wing, which in a sense is pretty much the same effect as a penalty. So they both had their races ruined. Beganovic will probably get a reprimand or told off because he just it's been really quite odd to see him make these mistakes. He made a mistake at the start of race one where he went off on the exit of Tamburillo. Where he was on the grass, and he lost a couple of positions. So someone needs to have a word of it in his ear and say, uh, "Look, you can't just relax, calm down, you know, join the race." But we're not the stewards; we don't make the decisions. You know, if we did, we'd probably have a different verdict on a lot of things that happened during the two races. But I have to say, it's Begunovic's fault, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and you know, whilst the uh... That battle ended in tears. Saucy would most definitely be delighted with his very first victory in single seaters, Hannah. And what a time to
1: get it. Absolutely. I think for a first win in single seaters, it's something very impressive, especially after pretty much a faultless drive from him. The fact was he can was able to convert Paul from victory, uh, convert Paul to victory. And considering all the incidents that were going on around him, I have to argue, is what luck and what skill. Ultimately, managing those safety car restarts very well and then also being able to build a gap to the front um, from the front of the field. By the time of the chequered flag, he was able to build a gap of more than a second from the second restart. And I think the difficulty was for him, he was able to pull away from Paul Aaron, who had a very strong weekend, and show that other level of talent that I think is going to put him as one of the front runners for the series. And overall, I think ART must be very pleased with their driver and he'll be hoping that form continues going forward.
0: Yeah, I can see why they've hired him now as well. Um, I'd like to think he was still consistent in um, in Italian Formula 4 during his days there. And I think he's repaying um, the team for allowing him to not only race the car but to actually go and put in a, such a great drive. And to go with his fifth place finishing race one you know, that puts Saucy in a really strong position for the next round of the championship, which will be in Barcelona in three weeks' time. And so let's have a look at the championship standings because Gregor Saucy's first and fifth places have elevated him to the top of the driver's standings on 35 points. He's four clear of second place, David Vidales on 31. It's Paul Aaron. With his fourth and second place finishes, he's in third on thirty. It's Hadrian David in fourth on 27. Alex Quinn and William Alitalo, uh, Alitalo tie on 18. That's Saint Maloney in seventh with 15. Uh, Gabrielle Mini is eighth on eight. Has Isaac Hadjar in ninth with six. And Mary Boyer running up the top ten with five points. Dino Boganovic has got four. Gabriel Bortoletto and Oliver Goethe have got two. Elis Seppan has got one. Um, Andrea Rosso, Patrick Pasma, Lorenzo Fluxer, Brad Benavides, Axel Noss, Pietro Deleguanti, Francesco Pizzi, Nicola Marinagli, Dudu Barrichello, Tommy Smith, Nico Gola, Belen Garcia, Yasin Ferrati, Emilio Pescher, Alex Bardignon, and Cass Havocock, yet to uh, get off the mark. Now, two drivers who didn't compete that weekend uh, Thomas Tambrinker, who was meant to be racing for ART, um, didn't take part for apparently health reasons. And the other driver that didn't take part was um, Franco Colopinto, who was racing in Le Mans that ended up clashing with the rescheduled um, Imlerone Imler- for Formula Regional, hence why he wasn't competing. And of course, Lena Bueller had to sit out uh, the weekend's racing um, as she didn't recover in time from a injury that she picked up at the first pre-season test um, about a month ago. In the rookie standings, Gabriella Mini is the highest of all the rookie drivers on eight points. It's Isaac Hadjar in second with six. Mary Boyer in third with five, and it's Dino Boganovich in fourth with four. Gabriel Bartoletto and Oliver Gutierrez with two, Elka Lissoponen with one point. Dudu Barrichello is also a rookie in that. He's currently 12th, who has yet to get off the mark as well. Belen Garcia in 14th, the only female driver who's competing that race weekend, is in that position in the rookie stand-ins. In the team's championship, Premer, as you would imagine, are top of the table on 61 points. Uh, RSGP are 2nd with 48, ART in 3rd with 43, there's Arden in 4th with 36. Van Ampersport Racing are in 5th with 5, FA Racing are in 6th with 2, MP Motorsport have also got 2 points in 7th, KRC Motorsport are in 8th with 1 point. DR Formula, G4 Racing, Monolite Racing and JD Motorsport have yet to score a point. And just take note that the drivers, the top two drivers from each team for each race count towards the team standings, considering that there are teams who have got more drivers driving for them or more pilots in the team than others. Um, some teams only representing two drivers, some representing three or or four in there. So we're only two races in, so there's still a long way to go yet, guys. I mean, but it's so far so good for the likes of Gregor Saucy, David Vidales, Paul Aaron and Hadrian David. And I can imagine those four will most definitely continue that good form in the coming rounds. Ed, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. I completely agree. And with Gregor Saucy, the way he drove, he doesn't look like he's going to digress anytime soon. Hadrian David coming off a, a pretty average 2020. He seems much more mature. He seems way quicker than what he was last season. Uh, Vidal has really impressed me this weekend. And Paul Aaron is up there as well. Alex Quinn as well, even though he didn't finish uh, in race to had a good weekend. So it's pretty close. I would say those five five or six drivers have, going to be really the ones you're going to be looking at for the championship race. Um, For me, I don't see Saucy really tripping up anytime soon. I think he was very calm, very mature uh, behind the wheel this weekend. And if he keeps in the way, in a sense, you would think that he was a veteran. The way he handled the Imola circuit, uh, you know, it was exemplary, he didn't make any mistakes. He did the safety cards starts perfectly. So he has one he's the one for me to watch
0: mm-hmm. hannah um the title race hotten up already um we've still got 80 more races to go but i think the first round and given the pace we've seen from a lot of these drivers it gives us an idea as to who's going to be in potential running for the title here and any any one of well to be honest any one of them can do it i would say maybe eight eight or nine drivers what do you think
1: I would say about eight or nine drivers as well, probably in championship contention. There's one driver, though, that I expected to do a lot better than he did, and that was Patrick Pasma for KIC Motorsport. I think, overall, it was a very disappointing weekend for him, especially in the first qualifying session where he was over two seconds off the pace. I expected him to be a lot more involved in the racing, and I feel like he's going to have a lot to prove going out next time. But overall, I would say the top five are the main championship contenders. I feel like With the amount of incidents across the whole weekend, it's going to show how key consistency is going to be. Ultimately, drivers cannot afford an incident, say for example, that Quinn and Boganovich had. They cannot afford that week in, week out. If they lose one race or have a poor qualifying session, it's going to show and ultimately these drivers, it's going to be a test of who can wise up quickly to the format and who ultimately has that level of maturity in their driving because you can be a good driver but not a mature driver. And therefore I think Gregory Sorsey and Vidales and are on their consistency across the whole weekend was very strong, able to get a good qualifying performance out there and put themselves at the forefront of the battles. But overall, I would say it is I think after next week or the next race weekend, we'll have a clearer cut. Maybe I would say I'll down to more like five of the drivers fighting for the championship.
0: Yeah. Michael. Who perhaps disappointed you the most that weekend? Because Hannah's mentioned Pazma, which I perfectly agree. I just felt with all of his experience in the former Regional European Championship last year, he'd have been able to cut it that weekend at Imla. He's already raced there before as well. And what's your take on the race weekend itself and who disappointed you the most?
3: the most, it's hard to argue with Pazma because... uh, Early in the year in Asian F3, he was other than the drivers that were racing in higher levels, like in F2, he was really the driver that stood out racing with some of the drivers that are in higher levels that used the Asian F3 as as time as time as a championship in order to get seat time preparing themselves because they were able to, but uh I think it's hard to argue with that. I mean, there was some good perform. I think the disappointment of Kaz Havercourt, he was, I think, at most, a midfield runner on the cusp of the points, I think. But uh, those two incidents cost him, I think, and definitely as well. And mm-hmm. But credit to uh, uh, Grégoire Salzy, Salzy or Salzy, whatever. Um, I mean, that win could be start of a, pardon upon hot streak. Uh, if you like, <laughs> saucing hot. <laughs> anyway, um, to be fair, to be fair to him, I was probably most impressed by him because I didn't expect him to be high up as dead. I had like eight drivers who I saw had potential and not one of them was Gregoire Sa- Saucy, in fact. So it was probably impressive performance to get pole position and to convert it. In a track you can't overtake, yes, but you still have to, you still have to drive the wheels off the car in order to, and cross the line first in order to achieve that. So credit credit where it's due.
0: Yeah, Ed, who would you say needs to improve next time out from what we've seen at Imola, or maybe in the preseason tests?
2: I would probably say Biganovic. Um, I think he needs to be way more calmer than what he was this weekend. I'd also say Dudu Barrichello because of the fact he has a little bit more experience. He's done racing in America. Yet this weekend, he was really all over the place. Um, Hopefully, he can get his act together because he has got a bright future. He's got talent on his side, but he needs to be quicker. He needs to adapt more easier. Sorry, more... What's the word I'm looking for? He needs to really just get used to the cars easily. Um, I'd also probably say... Tommy Smith, as well, pretty rash weekend for him. I know he's had a pretty much a year off, but his performances left a lot to be desired and he needs to up his game when we go to the next round.
0: Yeah, I do recall Tommy Smith racing um, in Australia um, in 2019 and I think he had plans to race um, more abroad, if you want to put it, um, but couldn't do so because of COVID 19 restrictions, which is a shame. But I think we'd like to see more of uh, Tommy Smith getting closer to the front of the grid. And I think Barcelona is most definitely going to be a track because they've all, um, I think they've done a pre-season test in Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know they've done Paul Ricard, they've done Imola. And I think, I'm sure they've done a pre-season test in Barcelona. It might be Mugello. I don't think they've done it in Mugello, but we'll see soon enough anyway. But they'll be racing in Barcelona next time out, which will be a good opportunity um, for those to impress team bosses. On the race weekend because it is going to be on the Spanish Grand Prix weekend um for these guys so there's a there's a lot of names um on there which I would think I mean Oliver Goethe actually Oliver Goethe did impress me because I didn't think he'd be as high up as he was um who else impressed me I mean Gabriel Bortoleta and Mary, Bo- and Mary Let's talk let's talk about those two Hannah your thoughts on Mary Boyer and Gabriel Bortoleta because they just switched teams um just before the race weekend, in the week before the races at Imla. And it seems to me they made a good couple.
1: Absolutely. I think that last minute switch, I think, took many by surprise. I wasn't, certainly I wasn't expecting it. And overall, to come into a team that you're new to, having to adjust so quickly, even though they knew they were going into the championship, having that level of adjustment to a new team so quickly, obviously impressed me. I think... <laughs> Their first ever regional Formula 3 races overall, I can't really fault them. I think they're certainly learning curves for both of them. I think overall they want to be a bit more confident in the car going forward. But I think they should level off maturity. I think being able, especially Boyer, being able to hold off towards the end of the race, I think overall for both of them, it was a very promising weekend. And both their teams, both Vans Ammerforth and FA Racing have to be impressed with them because few drivers could come in and step in at that last minute and make an impact on the grid, and both of them did. And hopefully, with having a little bit of time to settle down before the next round, they'll be able to grow further in the championship, and who knows? They could end up being championship contenders.
0: Yeah. Ed, for your information with Mari Boyer, runner-up in um, Spanish 1 and 4 last year with um, with MP Motorsport, it's only his second season in, um, in single-seaters, and he's already impressive.
2: Yes. Good, ta- good-looking talent. Um, there seems to be a lot of Spanish talent coming through the ranks with the Dallas. Second in your first full season of cars is pretty impressive. So I can expect he will be progressing as the season goes on. He may need one, maybe two seasons of Formula Regional then before he moves up. But he's he's made the right start uh, to the season, and I think he will only get better as he gets used to the car. So you know, a good first weekend, didn't make any mistakes, kept it out of the wall. I think every driver who is still very experienced to car racing would be happy with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Michael, Bortoletto took what was um, Boyer's place at um, FA Racing. I'm just trying to look at his um, his CV from previous years because I can imagine it's not going to be his, his first year in single-seaters. Um, what do you make of his performance? Because I thought he was one that surprised me a little bit and I'm interested to see how he does um, for the rest of the year. He's He was initially going to be racing for DR Formula, but it made the switch to um, FA Racing. Last year, he finished fifth in uh, Italian Formula 4 in 2020, including a race win with the Prima team. And it's also his second year in single-seaters.
3: Yeah, but uh, I think credit goes to him for taking the performances. I mean, obviously, Hannah said, we knew that he was going to be joining that championship. He had probably had no trouble with the car, certainly, but he had to deal with other means, like getting used to a new boss and uh, new mechanics and new surroundings as well, and probably different preparation as well. But uh, credit to the guy, and def, and definitely good, good performance with a new team and kind of Russell at uh, Sakir esque that that weekend for him.
0: So let's go on to some, let's talk, let's do some predictions for the next race weekend, guys. Um, Ed, we'll start off with you. Who do you think will be on the race one poll, race victory for that, and the poll for race two and race two winner?
2: So I think Vidalas will get pole position. I think poll for race two will be, again, Gregor Saucy. So I presume he wins race one, correct me if I'm wrong. And race two, I'm going to go Alex Quinn.
0: So Alex Quinn's to win one of the races. Um, not to forget, it's David Vidal's home round as well. So Absolutely. we're looking to uh, impress there. Hannah, who are you going to go for? Who do you think is going to impress you the most in Spain? Who do you think will win? And who do you think will get
1: pulled?, oh, I'm going to go for Paul. I'm going to go for probably Hadrian David. I feel like I'm probably going to be one of his biggest advocates across the season. But I think both his qualifying performances this weekend were very promising. Second in qualifying, one. And then fourth in quality too. I think overall, he's shown that he has a level of pace, and as you've seen across the weekend, a level of maturity after getting dropped from the Renault Driver Academy. And I would say, in terms of the victory, I'm going to go for Paul Aron. I think overall, the primers were very quick across the weekend, and I feel as though he will be able to use his level of experience to maximise his opportunities, and hopefully, he won't have the situation that we seem to have seen in Imola with the second place on the grid curse. So hopefully better weekend up for him and I'll put him to the race win.
0: Yeah. Um Michael, your predictions for pole race one, win race one, pole two, uh, pole race two and race winner of race two.
3: I don't know, really. I'm going to score go a little bit bold and say Franco Colapinto for the pole and the race one win. I'll, I'll tell you, if he if if it's not clashing with his sports car commitments, that is, I mean, I felt he should have been in F3 this year, definitely. And he showed a good performance in that last year. And, and I think he's used to the car and he's used to more powerful machinery now. And I think he could use that in, in Catalonia, a track where he's won the domestic F4 championship and he used it in that track before previously, I think he's got the tools to do it. It's a question of whether he can or not. But second, I'm going to go for, I've already gone I've already gone ambitious in the first, so I'm going to go safe in the second and say Vidal is. Okay. Um,
0: my predictions are poll for race one is going to be Isaac Hadjar. Race winner of that is going to be Hadrian David. Paul and race win for race two is going to be David Vidal. Is. I just think Vidal will win again because I think he'll carry on that great form um, He, w- I thought it was going to be in a round for Formula 3 last year at Campos when Sphere Flush wasn't available um, for the Spa round didn't end up doing so um, that time but I've got great confidence he's going to do well this year and potentially put his name in place for either F3 or F2 in the future whichever is best for him We'll bring the show to an end, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode for Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine. The next episode for the series will be in three weeks' time following the Spanish Grand Prix weekend in Barcelona, where the series will be racing next. For the support series, the next episode will be in a fortnight's time for our Formula 3 season preview show, which that particular championship begins in Spain as well. From Hannah, Ed, Michael and all of us at Motorsport Week, it's goodbye.